Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the best fantasy basketball tools in the entire history of the internet. That's right. If you look back through the ages, through time, into history, HashtagBasketball.com has the best fantasy basketball tools in the history of the internet. It's proven. It's a fact. Go to HashtagBasketball.com right now. Check them out. They help me out every single week. Um, Even though my weeks have been kind of hit or miss this year, they always add a little bit something to my game. HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin. And joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Ooh, and there's an announcement coming about those tools that you people can look forward to. Um, Oh, I'm excited. There's there's actually a new tool, I believe, coming next week. Wow, that is uh, great news. See, they're they're constantly improving over there at HashtagBasketball.com. They they really take your uh, input. I know I've personally uh, had some input into some of the tools that are uh, on the site, uh, just trying to make it better, trying to make it better for our listeners, and... You know, follow them at Hash Basketball on Twitter and uh, throw them your feedback. They are as receptive to feedback as uh, as we are here at Watching the Boxes. Tyler, how have you been? Oh, I've been good, Mike. How about yourself? You know what? It's it's not bad. I survived the uh, the blizzard of 2018 here in Chicago. Um, it was rough. It uh, snowed for I want to say ten or eleven hours here so um godspeed to everybody who drove to work because i certainly didn't well that is crazy but i do have a twitter question for you to kick off the show oh wow uh listener question all right this is this is good stuff okay so this goes right up our alley because we're talking about the waiver wire um so the question is would you drop mikhail bridges jonathan isaac or trey burt so you got to drop one of those three or maybe two of those three to pick up DeAndre Bembry or Jeremy Lin in a 12 team, nine category league. Ooh, okay. Let's, let's go, let's go one by one. The two guys we might be picking up. And um, who was the other one? Bembry. Yep. And Jeremy Lin. All right. Well, I mean, I believe DeAndre Bembry was one of the guys we were going to talk about. So this, this does work right into our uh, right into our hands, Tyler. This is what is called great radio. Um, this is not radio, though, so it's not that great. Mm. So, Bimbry's had two good games, right? He's played 26, 27 minutes in those two games. Very small sample size. One of those games was a blowout uh, against Boston where they got uh, pretty much uh, handed to him, but the Charlotte game was a close game. And um, you're looking at a guard who gets the occasional block, right? Um, well, I guess he's a forward. Uh, sorry, DeAndre Vimbry, not my favorite player. Um, oh, I thought he was a guard. He he's a guard. Wing. Like he's, yeah, he's a wing. He's, he's, he can be, I think he plays like you know what? I, I'll have to go look at the positional rankings, but I I thought he was playing too every once in a while. He is so in his rookie season, he played sixty one percent at shooting guard. Um, this year, 71% small forward, 24% shooting guard, 5% power forward by basketball references breakdown. Take that for what it's worth. But here's the other reality, too. 
they're talking about the Hawks where they're playing Trey Minutes. Trey, yeah, Trey Minutes. Trey Minutes. That's what they should. That's that's a great nickname. Put that on basketball reference. They're playing Trey Young a ton of minutes, and they're playing Jeremy Lin to back up. So the team can skew the other players' positions, especially when we're talking about a bench guy who doesn't play a ton. Like just because they have other point guards, I, yeah, I, that's my problem with ask this me, question. I guess people that, ask me this no. about the Mavericks, and it drives yeah. me crazy. About Luka Doncic, like, what position does he play? Like, well, he often guards the other team's power forward. But on offense, he often has the ball in his hands more than anyone. So is he the point guard or the power forward? You tell me. I don't know. Yeah, and, like, we're moving into a position as basketball. And actually, in one of our listener leagues, we've tried to kind of adopt that uh, philosophy by doing, you know, three guards, three forwards. And in fact, one of the the leagues, the experimental three category league that we're doing with our friend uh, Alex Raclean, um our setup is point guard, guard, forward, forward, uh, two three, two three, four five, four five, and then two flex. So it's like bigs, wings, uh, and then like you know your your true guards, and then whatever you want. So it's like it's trying to do the small, big, and and wing because that's the kind of the future of the game. And uh, I've, I've liked that kind of setup where you can really, and, and, and Fantrax is very generous with the uh, the positional um, uh, attributes that it gives to each one of its players. Like, you know, Gary, Ben Simmons can be a uh, basically every single type of player except for a power forward and a center. So it's like, oh. And, and quite frankly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, Ben Simmons becomes a power forward at some point in the season on, on, on fan track. So it's very, very generous. And I really, I really think that is where um, the future, like it's kind of going to skew fantasy basketball, I think. So that might be something for a very, uh, an off season. Uh, what do we do about positions type of episode? Uh, but let's talk about this very question. Lynn and Bimri are the two pickups. Two potential pickups. I feel like they can't – if you're going to go with one, it cancels the other one out. So if I have to go between the two, I'm going with Lynn. So I'm throwing Bimri out, and I'm talking about only Jeremy Lynn at this point. Okay, I, think Lynn's the better, I think Lynn's the better pickup here, higher ceiling, more potential for minutes. I'll agree with you that more potential for minutes. If you look at per 36 numbers, DeAndre Bembry, if you, if you look at his career numbers, look pretty tasty. I mean, we're talking pretty good rebounds, some good assists, one and a half steals, 0.9 blocks, 11.3 points. Like, it's a pretty tasty stat line. Now, nice per 36. I'm also looking at another stat line, and it's his actual minutes, and they're not uh, above 30. So, so who's playing playing the more minutes on the season? I thought this was interesting to to just say. Andre Bembry has actually played more minutes per game this season than Jeremy Lin. Really? That is interesting. Like Jeremy, Lin did, Jeremy Lin did sit out a few minutes, or a few games, I mean. Yeah, and Jeremy Lin has been limited to like 10 minutes a game. And this is what makes this question super hard to answer, is the Hawks are one of those teams that have fiddled with their rotations quite a bit this season and there's no guarantee that they're going to settle on anything like the Knicks are another team we talked about the Knicks I think a couple episodes ago where 
you know, they just can't decide, right? Do we play Noah Vonley? Do we play Mitchell Robinson? Do we play Enos Canner? Do we play this person, this person, this person? And the Hawks are kind of the same way. Now, I'll agree with you that I think Jeremy Lin is probably the better pickup going forward. I think he had a little bit of a slow start coming back from his injury that cost him all but 25 minutes of last season. And I think he's kind of rounding into form. But at any point, I mean, Jeremy Lin's 30 and DeAndre Bembry's 24. The Hawks probably aren't going anywhere this season. So at any point, they could just be like, all right, Jeremy, it was fun, man. We're going to buy you out. We're going to cut you. We're going to just not play you. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm looking at it in a in a short-term sense. You're talking about guys who are at the end of your bench. You're talking about waiver wire players. Right now, Jeremy Lin is, I think, the better pickup in the short term. Uh, if you're looking in this future seasons, right, Bimbry is definitely someone you might want to consider a little bit more at this point. Um, those tides could turn pretty quickly. But right now, I think Jeremy Lin's the pickup. And looking at the three um, guys that are available to drop – Two of them um, I wouldn't even think about, right? Bridges and Isaac, I feel like those two are on a much yeah. higher level than Mr. Trey Burke. So I think the question is really, would you drop Trey Burke for Jeremy Lin? I think you're right. Like I was going to say, Bridges, Young, uh, has some upside. Though I, We both agreed kind of in the last episode, Mikhail Bridges mm, could have some good upside, but like, is he going to be anything more than a very stand, a very good standard lead streamer? Mm, the, the, the jury's still out on that. Isaac, on the other hand, Huge upside, not playing a lot. Um, so I, I'm 100% with you, Trey Burke or Jeremy Lin. And um, those are kind of similar types of players. Um, I actually could be convinced to drop Mikel Bridges if you don't need his particular stats for Jeremy Lin and you want Jeremy Lin's stats a little bit more. But is Trey Burke in the next two months, Trey Burke or Jeremy Lin, who has the better next two months? I'm going to go with Lynn, but I don't know that it's a safe bet. Yeah, how, what's the confidence level there on because that one? Because they're the two most head-scratching teams for me right now. The Hawks yeah. and- they're both trash fire, like just garbage fires. They're trash heaps. Uh, they're tire fires. What's some other metaphors I could use? Uh, they are dumps in the middle of the road. They are um, train wrecks on – on the ocean that's i'm done um i'm with you like who knows where which either one of these situations could go and since the confidence level for both of them are kind of similar i'm going to go with the hotter hand i'm going to go with the higher ceiling i'm going to go with jeremy Lin. and here's the other thing i'll say about trey burke too like trey burke doesn't get you many steals and blocks so that kind of dings his fantasy value in my book and then trey burke Scores 13 points a game so far this season, but he's given you 2.3 rebounds and three and a half assists. Like, those aren't yeah. great numbers. Like, he's just kind of a blast that line. And yeah. we've seen Jeremy Lin do a lot better than that. Um, that's not to say that we'll see Jeremy Lin do it this year, but I would say that if both men are getting the same number of minutes, Jeremy Lin's stat line looks a lot better. I am with you there. Shout out to Nick who uh, sent that. Um, question in listener question. And not only is Nick a listener, I'm pretty sure this is the same Nick who just subscribed to our Patreon at patreon.com slash watching the boxes. So shout out to Nick. I'm going to butcher your last name. I think it's the lens loan. That's not a real name. What is the, uh, Nick? You got to tweet at us, tweet at hash 
not not a hash basketball. You can tweet at them too. Uh, at watch the boxes or tweet at Tyler P. Watts and tell me how to say your last name because it looks like Linzalone. Linzalone. Maybe it's Italian. Maybe it's an Italian listener. I'm not sure, Tyler. You know how good I am at saying names. I I was just gonna let you go on this one. I'm I was not gonna yeah. not gonna. Did, you fun. didn't even try to help. I appreciate. I don't appreciate that actually. <laughs> uh, just let me hang out to fucking dry out here. <laughs> Shout out to Nick, a Patreon subscriber. He has access to exclusive content. He also has a direct line to Tyler and I to help influence the uh, the show. And he's helped supporting the show. So shout out to Nick. And also shout out to our newest Patreon subscriber uh, who went all the way, who is going to be uh, getting a, a, a monthly question and answer session directly from me and Tyler, Adam Hotchberger. Shout out to you uh, being the, the very first uh, monthly Q&A recipient. Um, you, are, you are one of our top subscribers and we appreciate you. And we're going to set up a, a, a monthly Q and A with you pretty soon. There's not a lot of days left in this left in this month. We might have to prorate it and give you two in, in December, Adam. But uh, shout out to you if you want to be involved in a monthly Q and A with me and Tyler, where we will address your personal questions for your league and join an exclusive Slack channel where you can talk to us anyway. Uh, go to Patreon.com. Hit the subscribe button. Nick, on the other hand, he joined, and he is going to be eligible. And so is Adam. Both of them are. For the mid-season, I totally screwed up my draft, and now I need to start over Listener League that we will be starting about halfway through the season. This is the I'm officially announcing it. Uh, we do have a, a few people already in that league, but Nick and Adam, by joining you have uh, first dibs on the I screwed up and now I need to start over listener league. Yeah. And it's going to be a fun league. Um, We've seen some injuries already that are obviously going to influence the draft. We've seen some unexpected performances. We've seen some expected performances. Um, So it's always super interesting after, you know, the first month or two months to kind of get a, a second go at it and see, what changed just from draft to draft and see who buys into what starts and what other people are not buying into. Um, that's probably my favorite part about it. Yeah. I'd also like the fact that like you get to redo a draft based on a lot of good information, but the second half of the season is always like, you know, uh, 20, 30 guys just come out of nowhere and shoot up into the top 75 top even. Even some of them shoot into the top 50. And so there's always, there's still a bunch of unknowns left in the regular season. And, you know, is Mitchell, how, how valuable is Mitchell Robertson in a league that drafts halfway through the season? It's a, it's a really good question. And uh, we're going to definitely talk about that draft and publish the results for that. And if you want to be part of that draft, patreon.com slash watching the box. A shout out to all you subscribers, especially Adam and Nick. Let's get into the waiver wire for this week. There are some um, hot hands, hot hands in a dice game out there. Uh, we already talked about DeAndre Brimery. Brimery, jeez, I'm just I'm just butchering people's names out here today. Dude, Trey minutes. Trey minutes took all his minutes. Trey minutes is the biggest culprit in ruining Brimery's long term and even 
short term. Um, obviously, like take a flyer, take a flyer on a guy. Bimri is someone I would take a flyer on if I had the space in my uh, team. It just depends on who you're dropping. But he's not, you know, he's not even close to being one of the top pickups in the uh, last few days here. Um, and I just want to shout out to Yahoo for actually having um, competent people playing in their leagues versus uh, Yahoo or versus ESPN, who uh, I don't know what's what the the statistics over there. I think their databases are still screwed up. I do not know what's going on there. They got Montrose Herald as the number one pickup and only like owned in sixty or seventy percent of leagues, and that uh, Montrose Herald should be owned in a hundred percent of leagues. Everyone. Well, that, the craziest thing about all of their rankings is there are very few players at all who they claim are 100% owned. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all So either. are they, like, catering to these, like, weird, like, you're in an Eastern Conference League? Like, Nikola Vucevic is 89%. Is that a thing? Why would you want to do an Eastern Conference League? This isn't baseball. You know, I well, understand he- only paying attention to the NL because they actually play real baseball where the pitchers uh, – actually go to bat instead of the AL, which is like something like baseball. I get that. So I understand here's, that. I don't watch here's any baseball. Three crazy percentages. Okay. Damian Lillard, 99.8%. Mm-hmm. So da- even Damian Lillard can't get hundred percent owned in the ESPN league. Clay Doesn't Thompson, right. 90, 96%. Doesn't sound right. Luka Doncic, 95.3%. No. You know what I mean? Delete and, your and account. Delete your account. Vucevic, eighty-nine percent. Like, you know, there might be a there might be like twenty-seven dudes out there. Well, hold on, let me let me do the math here. What did I just say? Um, that are in like three. There you go. There's nine leagues with three people in them, and all twenty-seven of those dudes, they didn't have room for Luka Doncic on their team. But if you have a okay, so it's, say there's four teams, which I think is the minimum, the lowest number you can have. Okay, assuming there's 13 man rosters. Okay, I am not any kind of math whiz or anything. Okay, I but, never said that you were. But isn't that more than 50 people? And isn't Nikola Vucevic a top 50 player? Yes. So I don't understand how even. I don't understand how he's not owned in every league still. You know what I mean? Like, even if you're telling me there's some percentage of four team leagues out there, assuming that they have a standard 13 man roster, Nikola Vucevic should still be owned in 100% of leagues because there's yes. more than 50 people owned in those leagues. That's absolutely 100% correct. Guys, don't use ESPN's statistics. Like, it's we're done using them because we just don't know what the hell they're doing over there. So, we're going to use. The transactions trends over on Yahoo, a very also a nice tool. Um, hashtag basketball has a little bit better of a tool that shows when people are getting more minutes. Uh, but just you know, check out hashtag basketball.com instead. Um, but we got to see what the people with the what the people are doing. So we got a lot of uh, data here, and the number one player being added right now is the man, the myth, the legend, Bam Adebayo on the Miami Heat after just two stellar games where uh, he was playing close to starters minutes. In fact, one of the games he played 30, the latest game he played 36 minutes where he was able to pull down 21 rebounds, 16 points, two blocks, steal, and one assist. Um, Amon Abayo 
a guy we've always kind of said like, Hey man, like he's got a lot of raw talent. He could be an interesting fantasy player. What is, what is this two game, two to three game kind of um, burst out of Bam Adebayo? Is this something for real or are we just seeing the results of, of a very good situation that in here in a few weeks will just completely fall apart? So looking at the Heat's games um, for the majority of the season, at least, all 48 center minutes get divvied up between Whiteside and Adebayo. Especially, yes. especially recently. So, like you mentioned today, he played 36 minutes. Hassan Whiteside played 12. Um, and they've been doing that for for the last good stretch here, um, and potentially all season. I didn't look at every single game and researching for the show, but so you're having to make the bet if you're going to own Bam Adebayo and you think he's in line for this huge role that basically he's going to get more minutes than Hassan Whiteside. Now, yeah. Whiteside's been bothered by a knee injury a little bit, and he's been kind of questionable, and then playing, and I actually think he maybe missed a game um, last week, but. I don't really see him overtaking Hassan Whiteside. I think this is kind of just a hot couple games, and he's going to go back to getting the 18 minutes to Hassan Whiteside's 30 um, yeah. pretty quickly. You have to you have to assume that the Miami Heat, with the the glut of pretty decent players that they have, just is still never going to figure this out. Um, Hassan Whiteside, also, fantasy-wise, you would want him to be the guy who's playing the most minutes. Uh, this is a, But the, every situation isn't always negative, right? Bam Adebayo, wow, we saw some incredible stuff from him. Is he probably going to fall back to like 16, 17 minutes a game when Hassan Whiteside is feeling better? Um, and when he's not in foul trouble, I know Hassan Whiteside gets in foul trouble you know, every once in a while. Um, yeah. Hassan Whiteside is going to take that. Like Bam, Bam is good, but he's not going to overtake Hassan Whiteside. Like the money is getting paid to Hassan Whiteside, but this should throw up a flag for you to immediately pick up Bam Adebayo whenever you see anything happen to Hassan Whiteside. This goes to show you that they will trust Bam Adebayo at the at that center spot. That he will be able to produce at a at a at a pretty uh, standard league level when it comes to playing over 28 minutes a game. And it should kind of, in the list of things to remember, while you're moving throughout the season, Bam Adebayo should be on your watch list or someone you are paying attention to when Hassan Whiteside um, either goes down, gets set out, gets suspended for um, God knows what, uh, gets the yips and leaves the league, you know, like, Whatever happens to Hassan Whiteside, be able to buy us the pickup. Yeah, and obviously Whiteside gets in foul trouble a little bit more than we'd like, and sometimes that maybe even lets them play somebody else a little bit at center, um, taking a little bit deeper look at this. Like, I mean, Whiteside this month's playing 25 and a half minutes. That's basically what he played last year. In the first month, he played 30 minutes, um, and that has a lot to do with a couple of 16 and 12-minute games. I just don't really see Bam overtaking this anytime soon. 
Yeah, not um, in the short term. In the long term, I'm a little intrigued, though, because it's not like Bam Adebayo just like, oh, man, this random guy out of nowhere had some really good games, and uh, he'll probably go back to the bench. It's like this young, possibly incredibly talented player just showed he's got some talent. That is something to watch long term. Oh, yeah, for sure. And the jury's still kind of out on him as far as fantasy. I mean, we've seen uh, four games now where he's gotten over 25 minutes, and three of them have been pretty good, and one of them was fairly good, but it left you lacking because he only scored two points, and he only took two shots um, in 31 minutes against the Hawks. So it's good, but I don't know that it's like – Win your league, good. Now, if Hassan Whiteside went down, I'd obviously be picking up Bam, but I don't really see picking him up with Hassan Whiteside healthy for any reason other than he had two good games. Yeah, this isn't a must-own. This is a, hey, take a flyer, why not, type of thing and see what happens. But chances are what's going to happen is Hassan Whiteside is going to take back uh, the minutes. The next guy on this list is, uh, I think this, you know, every couple weeks – Emmanuel Moutier shows up to play basketball. And um, apparently over the last few weeks, he has uh, been playing more minutes and he's been actually scoring. And then on the back of a 27-point game against the Pelicans, um, in fact, he's also hitting some, you know, consistent threes in that stretch too. Um, He has been targeted by quite a few people out there um only owned in 24 percent of leagues but a huge huge upswing for emmanuel moutier man like this feels like it feels like i've had an emmanuel moutier conversation every every year i want to say like a, a few times a year like every two months and I'm pretty sure we'll have another one here in two months. Tyler, uh, Moutier, wh- are you picking him up? Are you taking a flyer on him? Do you think he's a, he's a long-term, a long-term must-own? No, no, and no, and no, and maybe wow. no again. That's um, a lot of, that's a lot of no's. I will, I will have you know, Tyler, uh, before you slander Emmanuel Moutier, uh, his per game value this season for the entire season, is 148. He's shooting 49.2% from the field. Do you want to take a guess at his career field goal percentage, including that 49.2%, mind you? I'm going to guess it's under 40. 38.1%, my friend. Oh, boy. Yeah, so this run's been a lot on unsustainably hot shooting. Um, if we look back to his sophomore season for the Nuggets in 2016-2017 when he played four more minutes than he's getting now, and we look at that stat line, like that's not really relevant in a standard league. He was getting 11 points, 0.7 steals, 0.2 blocks, 3.9 assists, 3.2 rebounds, one three-pointer on a very bad 37% from the field and 78.4% on free throws. Emmanuel Moutier just doesn't produce in the defensive categories despite doing it um, in the 20 minutes this year. A lot of this is just a little bit of fluky production from Moutier, and I'm not expecting this to last at all. Now, sure, if you want to take a flyer on this guy for a couple games and just ride it out and hope that 
he gives you, a, you know, a couple of games of hot production this week. Sure. But as far as picking this guy up and holding him for even a week's time, like he's a guy right now I'd be streaming. And then once the game, like they play on Tuesday, I pick him up for Tuesday's game. And then I'd be like, all right, Emmanuel, it was fun, man. Yeah. Ride the hot hand. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, you should never, you should never really stray from riding the hot hand. You should always have one spot open on your team for the hot hand on the waiver wire. Right. And Moutier is that guy. I just think, the name, the youth, the the where he was drafted, how he was drafted, um, gets a lot of people a little too excited. And even with this very productive, good run, Emmanuel Moutier is still only averaging 24 minutes a game. And, like, that's just not enough for me. Like, the Knicks of all teams, the Knicks are even saying – well, Moody is playing well, but I don't want him to play starters minutes. And like, well, and that's insane. Like, you know, the Knicks are terrible. So, well, especially at that point guard position. Yeah. Like, there's, I mean, Trey Burke is the guy, right? That we just talked about. That he's not. He can't get the minutes over Trey Burke. Yeah, I mean, he's starting, but Moody is starting, but it hasn't meant a whole lot in his in yeah. his minutes per game. Yeah, I mean, and. We talk about some guys like have up and down games. This guy's played 34 minutes once and 29 minutes once. And then other than that, his season high is 24 minutes. So even like expecting him to bubble up and play a bunch of minutes, he's done that two times so far this season. So even that's not happening. Like there's just not a lot for me to love here. And there's not a lot for me to latch onto other than like you mentioned in his last six games, he's had four pretty good games. Yeah, do not get your hopes up for Emmanuel Moutier. I do want to give a shout-out to someone. His name is Tyler Watts, who recommended Corey Joseph as a pickup in our last episode. And I think a lot of people must have listened because they went out and picked up Corey Joseph off the waiver wire. And he had another good, pretty decent game. Played 26 minutes and, and hit some threes for everybody. And like Tyler said, he's playing four games this week. You're going to get some good value out of Corey Joseph. Uh, We did talk about him in the last episode. And another shout-out to a Tyler Watts favorite, Terrence Ross on the Orlando Magic. It feels like we're going to be talking about Terrence Ross probably off and on on this, uh, probably every three weeks on this waiver wire uh, episode because that is just how often he people realize he's hitting threes at a, an incredible level. He's only owned in 38% of leagues, but he's still a quality three-pointer and points guy, and he's actually scored 26 tonight in a game against the Golden State Warriors that is not over yet. So uh, props to Terrence Ross. Yeah, and Ross is just kind of criminally under-owned this year, and I'm hoping that trend uh... – doesn't continue because Ross deserves to be on right now. I mean, a lot of this month has been fueled by a little bit of hot shooting, but still, I mean, Ross for the whole season has been producing and the Magic are giving him the 25 minutes he needs to be productive in a couple categories. And yeah, especially in deeper leagues, like I'd love to have Terrence Ross on my team. Absolutely. Um, here's a couple guys that I'm a little, I'm a little surprised about how how many people still? How many people own these two guys? All right, 
Um, I'm talking about Noah Vonley, owned in 53% of leagues, and Colin Sexton, owned in 59% of leagues. Now, I will give a uh, a quick shout-out to Colin Sexton, who kind of fell off, uh, a guy we have not been touting terribly highly, even going into the season. We're like, eh, Colin Sexton, he's whatever. But the Cleveland Cavaliers have pretty much just said, like, oh, we're going to play the youth, we're going to get the key team, and we're going to allow Colin Sexton to play a crap ton of minutes. And in that time, he has turned out to be a guy who can score. He is giving you, over the last two weeks, over the last seven games, 19 points per game. Over the last month, 15 points per game. Here's the problem. He's really he's not he's not doing anything. He's a fantasy trap, man. He's not he's doing anything fan. else. And here's the the second thing to say about that. For this month, he's shooting 48.7%, including on basically two three-point attempts a game, he's shooting 57.1%. That doesn't uh make any sense to me. That's uh it's so, like seeing uh an albino squirrel, man. Every once so, in a while. But here's the thing, though. So he's basically got one category he's helping you in, which is points. And he's probably going to end up about a 42, 43, maybe 44% shooter from the field. Yeah, meaning, that, meaning that points category is going to dip to like 13 a game. And then he's giving you 13 points with literally nothing else because he doesn't get steals. He doesn't get blocks. His assists are two and a half this month. And his rebounds are 2.8. Like, it's just, there's nothing really here for fantasy. He doesn't really hit three-pointers. He's only making 0.7 per game on the season. It's just this very empty line. And if you want Colin Sexton, sure, if you need points, he might be the best guy available on the waiver wire, at least right now while he's shooting hot. But I don't really see owning Colin Sexton for the entire season because he's not giving you enough. It'd be like owning Mitchell Robinson. Now, again, Mitchell Robinson's minutes have been down a little bit lately, but like when Mitchell Robinson was playing like 20 minutes a game, he was averaging like two blocks a game. Well, that's great, but he wasn't doing literally anything else. So, I mean, you could own a one-category guy, but to me, I stream a one-category guy. I don't really own a one-category guy. Yeah, I agree with you there. I, I just think don't let the fool's gold of minutes per game tri- or points per game trick you on Sexton is just an all right borderline waiver wire player that's it that's all he is and so is by the way no von lay i i don't care what he's doing right now he's the on one the category Knicks. player too the yeah, category is just rebound well, I, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna give him a, a a few props for picking up his game a little bit getting some rebounds hitting some threes and getting some blocks uh, and also, you know, like keeping the steal number almost a one, I'm going to give him some props. I would much rather own Noah Vonley than Colin Sexton. That's for sure. Yeah, right now. But sure. at the moment that he starts playing 10 minutes a game, which we've seen four games this season where he's basically played 10 minutes, that's going to be scary, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Like this could, the Knicks could completely just take a big dump on him and say, feel free, no Vonley, not to play anymore. But, you know, over the last stretch, he started 
quite a few games over the last well, stretch. Last the games, last games, he's, he's averaging 30 minutes. Yeah. And um, in the last four games, he's, he's had some very, very good numbers. Um, the, the, the threes and the points are not always going to be there. And, threes at 41% for yeah. the season are definitely not going to be there. Like, I don't think Noah Vonley became a 40% three-point shooter while we were taking a nap in the offseason. I hope not, um, because uh, you know I'd be a little uh, upset if the Chicago Bulls just gave away a a perfectly good, decent player. Even though the Chicago Bulls makes a lot, they make a lot of dumb decisions. And I had to drink at home if you're waiting for me to mention the Chicago Bulls. Um, Noah Vonley is not this caliber of a player. He's having a really good stretch. You should ride that good stretch. You should. I think you should own him and keep owning him until he falls off. Uh, in fact, you could even try to trade uh, Noah Vonley, uh, sell high on that, because the, who knows what the future will hold for Noah Vonley, especially when, you know, let's say a certain Kristaps Porzingis uh, comes back. And uh, I do think Kristaps Porzingis will play at least a few months this season. Yeah, no guarantees on that, though. Um, but yeah, I, I would safely say that he probably returns somewhere in the January, February range, if, if I'm guessing. That is what the plan is. And actually, speaking of returns, it sounds like Larry Markadon is on his way to returning as well. Shout out. We to- got a lot of good injury news today, um, Monday yeah. when we're recording this. Um, Steph Curry's on his way back, right? He might play on Thursday, so that was positive. Always. Um, Larry Markadon's on his way back. Um, so yeah, it was a good, as far as returning guys, Draymond Green's going to play probably in this uh, five game road trip. The Warriors are on. So yeah, it was a lot of good injury news. Uh, Anthony Davis returned after missing a game. Um, so yeah, we had a lot of good, good injury stuff and that's always positive. Because- I like, I like good injury news. I don't like the bad injury news. Uh, no matter who I'm playing and who I don't like, in fantasy or in the league in general, you you don't want to you don't oh, want bad injury news. Nothing makes me more upset or mad. Like when a guy like you whoop somebody and then they're like, oh yeah, well I had this person injured or that person injured. Like, okay, but I beat you like eight zero. I mean, come on, like what yeah, was that guy like, gonna do? I had someone injured as well, so sorry, sorry about you. Like everyone's gonna deal with that every once in a while. You're gonna lose some weeks just simply because. He had some injuries. Everybody, it happens to everybody. Um, and you know what? Steph Curry, uh, him coming back is going to help me a lot in the Dynasty League because Steph Curry is just, he's almost unfair when it comes to fantasy. And he was starting out the season like he was going to have one of those I'm the best player in the league seasons. And I still think he could. So, um, you know, now if you didn't buy low on Steph Curry, uh, you lost your chance. I don't think you could. I think if anybody owns Steph Curry, they're they're not letting him go. Well, I mean, it all depends on what you consider low, too. Like, if you really think he's going to be the best player and you could maybe package, like, uh, I don't know, Nikola Jokic and uh, uh, Gary Harris gets Steph Curry. At some point, right, like, if if you really think he's going to be the absolute best player, that might be worth it. Um, I do. Is that my point? Is is that buying low? No, I think that's buying at yeah probably the market's value. But 
at the in the grand scheme of things, like if the other person's thinking Steph Curry's the eighth best player and you're thinking he's the the number one player, like that's where that's where I get the most discrepancies as far as like trades with people where I think I really won the deal and he feels good that he won the deal is I'm valuing one of the players in the trade differently than he's valuing them. That is uh, usually why I, uh, my deals never go through. It always feels like you got to almost cheat the system a little bit and, uh, and sh- figure out a way to make someone value. You almost got to talk the person up. Uh, just be like, yeah, this guy doesn't look like he's valuable, but in your punt strategy, he is. And I don't know why I have to go figure that out for you. You should probably already know that. But I'm not going to get into that here. I'm not going to get into that here, Tyler. I don't want to slander anybody. I don't want to I don't want to talk any more trash than I have to. Um, and you know, I like to, you know how much I like to talk trash. Exactly. I think that is about it for our waiver wire players. A lot of good waiver wire players out there. If you have a waiver wire question or a question about your team, tweet at us at watch the boxes at Tyler P Watts, or if you want a direct line to us so you can get listener questions on the show. So you can uh, get into the listener league, the, the mid season listener league, or even do a Q and a monthly with us, check out patreoncom slash watching the boxes, just like Nick and Adam did shout out to them. Shout out to all the listeners. We do this for you. Let us know your feedback and we're out of here. We'll see you next time.